eventually have it up, uploaded online. Uh, I just haven't got around to it this week with the, everything else that's happened. But it's there and it's coming. Is that cool? I have a really simple thought for today. It's a question. And I've been just sitting with it for the last couple of weeks, really. And so it's become what I want to talk about today. And fortunately, because of my voice, I can't really preach at you, so I'm just going to share some thoughts. But the question was this, are we alive or are we just living? Are we alive or are we actually living? It all started when I was reading in Genesis, and I'll throw it up on the screen, but Genesis chapter 2, verse 7 says, And the Lord God formed the man from the dust of the ground, He breathed breath of life into the man's nostrils and the man became a living person. Now, if you read Genesis chapter 1, Genesis chapter 1 goes through step by step. God creates the day, the night, you know, the light. He creates the fish. He creates the birds. He creates the livestock. creates everything. He even creates man all the way up to the end of chapter 1. And then we jump into chapter 2. In chapter 2, now mentions something that's quite extraordinary it's different to anything else that was mentioned in chapter one like it stands out for me because it says in chapter two verse seven it says the lord formed man from the dust of the ground he formed everything else already he spoke it into existence yeah and then it says he then breathed into him the breath of life man then came alive Man then, after the breath, came alive. And I, and I was just sitting with that thought. This is just my thought. And I felt like the Spirit of God said to me, you're actually not alive until you have the breath of God in you. You're actually not alive until the, God breathes his breath inside of you. You're just formed. You're just living. Yeah, You're actually not yet Alive, you have purpose. You're like the animals. You've got a routine. You're like the. You're like creation. The sun comes up, yeah. The moon goes down, right? Generally, when it rains, the sun's hiding somewhere else on the earth. In most cases, you know, there seems to be a routine that happens. We go to work. We pay the bills. We go to school. We get educated. We fall in love. We fall out of love. We get paid. And, and this routine happens where we're living the ins and outs, the routine of life, but we're not alive. And, and I really like this thought because I'm thinking, until God breathes his breath in me, am I merely just going through the motions? Am I merely just living normally? Because it says that once he breathes into my life, it suggests that I come alive. Like, I come alive. It started to make sense to me, and, and I, I started to get a little bit excited, because what I see in, a, in that small passage of Scripture, and then other stuff that God's opened up, is I start to see the goodness of God at work in us from the very beginning, even from the Old Testament through to the New, I start to see it outplaying his purpose, his desire for us, right? So Ezekiel 37, 
verses 1 to 10. For those that have walked with the Lord for a long time, you'll know the story. But we'll read it. The Lord took hold of me, and I was carried away by the Spirit of the Lord to a valley filled with bones. He led me all around among the bones that covered the valley floor. They were scattered everywhere across the ground and, and were completely dried out. Then he asked me, Son of man, can these bones become living again? O sovereign Lord, I replied, you alone know the answer to that. Then he said to me, speak a prophetic message to these bones and say, dry bones, listen to the word of the Lord. This is what the sovereign Lord says. Look, I'm going to put breath into you and make you live again. I will put flesh and muscles on you and cover you with skin. I will put breath into you and you will come to life. Then you will know that I am the Lord. So I spoke this message just as he told me. Suddenly as I spoke, there was a rattling noise all across the valley. The bones of each body came together and attached themselves as complete skeletons. Then as I watched, muscles and, uh, and flesh formed over the bones. The skin formed to cover their bodies, but they still had no breath in them. It's like they have been formed, yeah? Then he said, speak a prophetic message to the wind, son of man. Speak a prophetic message and say, this is what the sovereign Lord says. Come, O breath. From the four winds, breathe into these dead bodies so that they may live again. So I spoke the message as he commanded me, and breath came into their bodies. They all came to life and stood up on their feet, a great army. I love that passage of scripture because I'm going to suggest that the Valley of Dry Bones sounds like for me. Yeah, this is when I'm, when I'm sharing, I'm just sharing what God speaks to me, you know. It might be for one person here, it might be for none of you, you just might be here hearing my dialogue with God. But it just sounds like life. The valley of dry bones just sounds like life with no breath, life with no God. You know, we're living, but we feel dead. Like old bones some days, yeah? For those of you that are, are pushing 50. I was reminded yesterday that I'm nearly 48 by a 36-year-old. That meant when I was 21, they were nine. When you put it into perspective like that, you feel really old. Just putting it out there. Anyway, I'm nearly 50. For those that have passed that mark, please be ready. I'll need counsel soon. Now, life can be hard. Yeah, it can be. Life can be really, really tough. Life can be full of joy as well and excitement. But if we're to be totally honest, and for me, I, I, I love what Corey picked up last week, that we're a house that can be ourselves. And I never want us, regardless of size, I don't want that to change. That is the culture that we have worked so, you know, so diligently to build in a house, one of open, just transparency and openness, yeah, and vulnerability. But who's ever woken up and felt flat? Obviously not flat here. That obviously doesn't happen to me. But yes, I wake up and feel flat. Can't be bothered. Who's ever woken up and thought, I can't be bothered today? Yeah? Yeah, right? Who's ever been anxious? Got to love anxiety. Thank you. Oh, come again. <laughs> who's ever been depressed at all? You know, just, just moments, yeah? Moments that capture, capture your emotion, yeah? Or even at those moments where you just have a complete meltdown, it's just too hard. 
I, I can't do this today. I just can't do it. Yeah? Man, I, I, I have those moments all the time, especially Ballarat traffic. I can't do this anymore. <laughs> you guys are terrible. You're hopeless. Like, get out of my way before I kill someone. And then the Holy Spirit has to speak to me, remind me that I'm one of his children. Oh, let me pray for that brother or sister. You know, like, we just, we all have these moments. Yet when God breathes his breath in us, Scripture's suggesting that everything changes and we come alive. The circumstance doesn't change, but the way that we journey through it changes. Rather than just living, we come alive, yeah? Now, this is where I, I see his plan from the beginning, because the Hebrew word for spirit, and I won't pronounce it right, but I'll try, is ruach. Yeah, it's ruach. Now, the interesting part of that is it also means air in motion. It actually means it's the same word for breath. It's the same word for life. So the one word means breath, life, and spirit. So when we read in verse 5 and 6, these start to jump out at me now. Because this is what the Sovereign Lord says in verse 5. Look, I'm going to put breath into you and make you live again. He's saying, I'm going to put my spirit in you. I'm going to put my life in you. I'm going to breathe this breath and this, this power in his breath. Genesis chapter 1 says that the Spirit of God was brooding over the earth. It was brooding over the waters. And then he spoke. Yeah? Try speaking without any air coming out of your mouth. Does anyone want to try that? To try speaking out loud without air passing your lips. It can't be done. You can't utter a word without air. So this spirit of God, Ruach, is over the waters. And when he breathed, he spoke. When he spoke, he breathed. And the wind of God, the spirit of God created. That's how it worked. So now he's saying, I'm going to put that inside of you. I will put breath inside of you. It's the same word, life. It's the same word, spirit, into you. And you will come to life. And I love the end of verse 6 because it says, Then you'll know that I am the Lord. Then you'll know. Not before, not when you were living, not when you were formed, but now that I'm giving you something that's going to bring you to life, now you'll know that I'm the Lord. So when he breathes in us, he's giving us his breath, but he's also giving us his spirit. Yeah. And once his breath is in us, we become alive. If we were dead, we become alive again. Yeah, So we're alive again. He breathes in us. We come to life because he gives us life. So why are we now alive? It's not a trick question. It's because his spirit's in us. He's breathed his spirit into us. How did that man come to life after he was formed? Was it just the breath of God? It was the spirit that entered the man that made him alive. We become alive because we receive his life, his eternal life, his spirit, yeah? And then and only then we get to see in our hearts and in our souls that, man, he's God. This is the guy I want to worship. This is the guy I want to lift my hands to. This is the guy I want to run around Ballarat 
and preach on street corners. Now, don't ever do that. If you do, tell them you're from another church. Um, don't do that. That's not how we do life. We do life by loving people, yeah? We evangelize by inviting them into our life where they discover our peace. And when they go, man, there's something different about you, let me tell you all about my God, yeah? That, that's how it works because we're family. It happens naturally in life. You know, I said just before that we can start to see Father's plan for us from the beginning. And, and his plan, Papa's plan, was always to breathe into us. It was always to give us life. It was always to give us his spirit. It's the only way. Yeah, Our spirits testify. It's the only way that we can be in right relationship with him when we receive a part of him. And the minute you and I entered his family, the minute we said yes to Jesus, we received his spirit. Romans 8.15 says, So you have not received a spirit that makes you fearful slaves. Instead, you received God's spirit Yeah, when he adopted you as his own children. Now we call him Abba Father. Anybody here a part of God's family? Better still, let's put my hand down. Anybody here not part of God's family? Now, don't put your hand up if you're not sure. We'll just pray for you later. Um, but there, that, 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 that word spirit there, it, it, it's not the Hebrew word ruach, yeah, but it's the, it's the Greek word uh, pneuma. It means the same thing. It, it's breath. It's spirit. It's life. It's the same thing. So we've received God's spirit. We've received his ruach. We've received his breath. We've received his life. Man, I love that. Watch how important it is for God that we receive his ruach, his spirit, his pneuma, because he wants us to be alive. He doesn't want you and I as his children to go through the motions. Let me bring it home, closer to home, like this. The parents and grandparents in the house. Who has watched their children grow up and inside you're broken because you can see them just doing life but not living? Yeah? It just, you're in despair because you can't do anything about it. You try to offer your wisdom but there's only so much that they'll allow you to speak into their life. Yeah? And so we have this desire for them to be alive, to truly embrace life and live life. That's God's heart desire for you and I. He doesn't want us just to go through the motions, just to know God up here. You know, there are people that can recite every single word, every word in the Bible, from Genesis all the way through to maps, yeah? They can recite. I went to Bible college with one, Marcus, every, I'm telling you, Every scripture on every page. Yeah? He doesn't want you just to know him. He needs you and wants you to know him so that you can come alive. Because it's his spirit that makes you alive. It's his spirit that makes you alive. Now watch how important it is that we receive and understand what it is that lives in us. See, so many of us, and again, this just might be me, when we have those moments when we wake up and we don't feel right and life's tough and, and life just does that sometimes, I, I know that. But we live in this place not acknowledging who's inside of us, what's inside of us, the extent of the power that lives in us, right? And we wallow 
in the circumstance of life rather than being alive, we're just living. Now catch this in John 16, 7. But in fact, I love these words. This is so good. Some of you are going to think I'm, I'm preaching heresy, but I'm going to lo- you're going to love this. It is best for you that I go away because if I don't, the advocate won't come. If I do go away, then I'll send him to you. So the advocate we know, the counsellor, it's the Holy Spirit, right? So I love the words that Jesus chooses to use. That could be a, a, one of those tongue twisters, couldn't it? Jesus chooses to Yeah, but we won't go there. So he makes a statement that's so astounding that I actually think we miss it. He's actually saying, right? He's, he's actually saying, it's best for you, Sue. This is Jesus. He's saying, it's best for you if I actually leave you. So in the hope and my prayer is that you'll get the Holy Spirit. Ross, it's, it's actually better for you if I actually go away and uh, you get to experience and meet and have the infilling of the Holy Spirit. It's, it's better for you, Joe. It's better for you. It's better for you if I actually leave you. Now, you've got you to capture what he's saying because I'm going to throw out a general comment. If you were to ask the majority of Christianity if they would prefer to have Jesus beside them or the Spirit inside them, every majority of them will say, Jesus, we want Jesus. And Jesus is saying, hello, hello. You, you, no, 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 no. I have to go away. It, it's, if, it's better for you. It, it's, 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 it's to your advantage. In, if I go away, you're going to come alive. You're not just going to follow me and live with your own stuff, hoping to be like me as you follow me. But if I go away, you are going to come alive because I'm going to send somebody else and he's going to come and I'm going to breathe him inside of you and he's he's life. It's my spirit. Think about that. Jesus is saying, it's better if I leave you. Ever thought about that? Like, come on, seriously, Jesus is saying, it's better if I nick off. That's what he's saying. It's better if I take a hike and leave you because you need the Holy Spirit. It's better that you don't have me physically. It's better if you get my Ruach, my Numa inside of you. I so love that because now I can see how God from the very beginning He's saying, I want to give you my spirit. I'm going to breathe into you. And, and right through the Old Testament, there's example after example where he just wants to breathe his breath into us. Man that he formed so we can come alive and actually live the way he purposed us to live. Yeah? 2 Corinthians 3.17 Now the Lord is the spirit, and where the spirit of the Lord is, there is freedom. Where is the Spirit of the Lord? In us, right? Romans. It says that we received His Spirit when He adopted us into His family. So where the Spirit of the Lord is, same word, Numa, where the Spirit of the Lord is, there is what? Freedom. Yet, oh my goodness, we're so trapped in these fallen fleshly bodies that we have moments that we experience anything other than freedom. Yeah, But when we understand what his purpose and desire is, 
It's not about seeing what we don't have yet. It's knowing what we do have now and stepping into that and saying, yes, Father, yes, please, amen, yeah? Like that just takes us to a whole nother level. I don't have to look like I sucked on lemons in the morning. I don't have to. You know why? Because the spirit, the ruach, the pneuma, the life of God is inside of me. And where that spirit is, there is freedom. So hello, I know life can be tough. I know that. Man, do I know that. And some people have lived lives that I can never, ever imagine. But there's something greater inside of you than what you've experienced. And it's the life of God. It's the spirit of God. It's the freedom that comes in him, amen? Man, don't you want to be a church and a people and a family that is just living in that freedom every day? So much so that when people encounter you, they go, man, you're a nut. What's wrong with you? Why are you always happy? Like, you know, I, I, I see you go through stuff, but you bounce back. What's with that? Spirit of God. He breathed in me. His ruach is in me. His pneuma is in me. So I ask again, are we alive or are we just living? See, it's not his choice. It's his purpose. It's his desire. But now it's our choice. We've received his spirit. And where his spirit is, there's freedom. So why are we choosing the opposite on particular days for extended period instead of the short, the short version? The abbreviated version. John Piper says this. You came into this world dead. <laughs> not sort of hard of hearing towards the gospel. Not simply crippled in good works. Not struggling to keep your head above the waters of sin. You were dead. Spiritually lifeless and unmoving. Oh, thanks, John. <laughs> Thanks for telling us how we came into the world. Thanks for that. So if we've received the Ruach, the Numa of God, and where his spirit is, there's freedom, what is there freedom from? There's freedom from feeling dead. There's freedom from feeling like we're going through the motions. There's, there's freedom from feeling the same old, same old. It, this, it's freedom from feeling like we're just treading water, just trying to stay alive. It's freedom to come alive in him. That's what his spirit does. Doesn't the Bible tell us that once we receive his spirit, the breath of God, that he guides us, that he comforts us, that he talks to us about Father? Doesn't he do those things? He strengthens us. He leads us into all good things. That's what he does. John 14 says that the Holy Spirit will comfort you when you're hurting. That's not a bad promise. Holy Spirit's in here. Yeah? Maybe we need to tap into here where he's living in our hearts, wherever your heart is. Not sure. Could be different for bigger bodies. John 14, 18, I'll not leave you as orphans. I will come to you. So who's ever felt alone? Seriously, who's ever felt alone? I'm married, yeah, with children. And I have moments when the house is full and noisy and I feel alone. Not because I have a bad marriage, because that's life and that's reality, yeah. But when I feel that way, when I'm feeling like an orphan, when I'm feeling like I'm alone, 
He meets me there. I love it. Because rather than just living through that moment, I can come alive in it. Yeah? Through the Spirit. He promises He'll bring us peace. John 14, 27. Peace I leave with you. My peace I give you. I do not give to you as the world gives. Do not let your hearts be troubled. Do not be afraid. We shared before that we felt despair at times. We shared before that we felt anxious at times, frustrated at times, even fear at times. Yeah, But in that place, the spirit that's within us gives us peace. And that's awesome. Papa's spirit will even help us remember things that we've learned. So you know all the times you've been to church and you can't remember last week's sermon? Who's ever, who, come on, be honest. Yeah, yeah. I can't believe you forget my sermons. <laughs> like, really? Far out. I expected one hand, not so many. <laughs> I, I can't go on, I can't go on. Um, the, the word says that everything that we have within us, he will remind us of when we need it. So when you're sharing your faith with someone, you don't have to know things off by heart. You don't need to, be, uh, you don't need to recite the scriptures exactly. You just need to be confident in him in the Ruach that's in you, the Spirit of God that's within you, because the Spirit of God will actually speak when needed and will speak the right words in due season, yeah? You know, I love this. John 14, 26, But the Advocate, the Holy Spirit, whom the Father will send in my name, will teach you all things and remind you of everything I've said to you. Amen. Absolutely, amen. I had my daughter Faith ring me this week, and she goes, Dad... And for those of you that don't know, most people know that she's got fibromyalgia, but we're continuing to believe that she's healed of that. But she's on different medication while they try to work out her pain levels. And so uh, she's noticing that she's occasionally forgetting some things, right? Now, so we prayed about that and talked about that, but she comes out with this. She goes, I wanted to speak to you, Dad, because I thought it was always normal, because you're like that. (laughs) Like, seriously. Right, yeah, sure. And you want me to encourage you now? Well, let me just give you a beep, beep, beep. Like, because you're like that. So praise God, if I am like that, praise God that the Spirit of God will remind me of stuff. And, and you know what's really funny? Right now, right at this moment, the Spirit of God just reminded me of something. So is Amy still here? She gone? Oh, dang it. Just God reminded me to pray for her because she got baptized a couple of weeks ago. Oh, well, Holy Spirit reminded me she's not here. She misses out. Bad luck. (laughs) No, next time she's here, I promise. If the Holy Spirit reminds me. (laughs) John 16. Jesus refers to the Spirit as a counsellor and who guides us in our lives. Who needs a counsellor? I need one all the time. I need one to navigate with my boys. I need one to navigate with my wife. I I need to navigate one with my family. I need to navigate one with this family. I need a counsellor all the time. All the time. I need a counsel when I just jump out of the car. You know, when I go through KFC drive through and there's more than one vehicle in front of me, I need a counselor after that. Even you, like, you ever been in the drive through and there's like 17 cars? It's like, what's going on here? Like, it's 2.30 in the day. It's not even lunchtime. Get out. You know, like, no one has those moments, right? It's only me. Okay. That's great. Yeah, I'll need another counselor again. Romans 8 tells us the Spirit will stop us sinning. So I love it because the spirit, the ruach, the pneuma inside us actually stops us doing and thinking the things that separate us from Father. Yeah? So that means you don't have to do it yourself. Stop struggling and turn to him, yeah? 
He's there so we don't have to go through the motions. He's there so we don't have to do it alone. He's actually come into us to make us alive. Yeah? So we're not just living. And being alive means that we're victorious in every circumstance, regardless of the circumstance. He even helps us to pray. So no matter how bad or how hard your circumstance in life may be, Papa's breath, his wind, his spirit that's been given to us when we became his family, that empowers us. That brings us to life. You know, uh, Job whined a lot in the Bible, but I love these words in Job 33.4. The Spirit of God has made me. The breath of the Almighty gives me life. He knew something that we need to embrace. Yeah? David Tenson, uh, a week ago in Facebook, posted something that I thought was brilliant, and so I've stolen it, and I am giving him credit. I probably should have just said it was mine. But anyway, and he wrote, he wrote these words. Do you know that the word inspire or inspiration comes from the 13th century French word inspiration? Yeah, did, I do, did I do that well? I've been practising at home. Right? So from the French word inspiration, inhaling, breathing in, inspiration, which is derived from the Latin inspirare, blow into, breathe upon, figuratively inspire, excite, inflame, from inside, etc. And then he writes, yes, this popular word has its roots in Genesis 2.7. And the Lord God formed man of the dust of the ground and breathed into his nostrils the breath of life and man became a living soul. To be inspired is to literally have something breathe into us by the divine God, yeah? I love that. And now for you and I, we can understand Psalm, Psalm 150, like it's the last psalm. It's 150 psalms, it's a lot of psalms, and some of them are really long, right? But the very last psalm and the very last words in them now help me to understand really everything that God desires for us as he places his spirit in us. And if it truly is our inspiration, Psalm 150 verse 6 says this, that everything that has breath, same word, yeah? Spirit, Ruach, that everything that has breath, praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. Let everything that has his spirit, let everything that has his life, praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. Why don't we stand? I'm just wondering if we can have any musical accompaniment. Oh, yeah, let's do a whole band. Wow, that's awesome. The truth is that many of us at different times feel anything but alive, yeah? That's the truth. That's life. That's what we live in. And in fact, it's like it gets described in, in Ezekiel 37. And you can just play some keys or whatever, just... Jump in at any time. But in verse 8 it says, Then as I watched, muscles and flesh formed over the bones, the skin formed to cover their bodies, but they still had no breath. You know, we have 
minds, we have bodies, we have lives. And there are moments in our lives where it feels like we're just living, but it actually doesn't doesn't feel like we're alive. Yeah? So today, what I want to do today is I want to pray over those of us that are hungry and thirsty for more. Those that are prepared to ask and seek and knock. I'm not going to throw out a general prayer. God wants your hunger, yeah? I want to pray over people what we read, the words of the prophet in verse 9 and 10. And then he said to me, Speak a prophetic message to the wind, son of man. Speak a prophetic message and say, This is what the sovereign Lord says. Come, O breath from the four winds, breathe into these dead bodies so they may live again. So I spoke the message as he commanded me. And breath, the spirit, the ruach, the pneuma came into their bodies. They all came to life and they stood on their feet, a great army. Today, if you need that, if you need that, then come forward. If you want that prophetic prayer over your life, then come forward. Don't worry about whoever's next to you. Don't worry about how long you've been a Christian. Don't worry whether you've received the Holy Spirit before in the past. But if you know in your heart of hearts that you've been living and not alive, then we're going to pray this prophetic prayer over you. And we're going to pray that the Ruach, the Numa, the Spirit, the life of God will infill us so that we can be alive in Jesus' name. Is that all right? And for the, anybody else, let's worship with the team. Worship with them. Sing with your hearts because it's, for me, only Jesus, yeah? Amen. No. 
Let my heart 